Holly G with the Golf Insiders. We are going live to Kiowa Island for the 103rd PGA Championship, the second major of the year back in May as it was rescheduled two years ago. And it's great to be speaking to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Hi, Bob. Hello. How are you doing? Great. Okay. Lots of uh, buzz about Pete Dye's one of his masterpieces, the Ocean Course, which is measuring in at 7,876 yards, Bob, making it the longest course to ever host one of professional golf's four majors. This course is H-A-R-D, hard, Bob. It is, and... Uh... What makes it even more so is the fact that there seems to always be a breeze. Um, and it's, uh, you know, the, the, the determining factor is how hard it blows, how hard will the wind blow. And, uh, you know, all these holes are, holes are right on the ocean. I, I don't think whatever the, whoever's gauging the wind at the weather office is, is taking into account that it clearly blows harder here. Um, and, 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 uh, as the day wears on each day, I think it gets a little bit more blustery, and uh, that's why I don't think you'll see the course played with the full 7,800 um, on the holes that are into the wind. They're, they're going to move up some tees every day because uh, uh, they, they have to. You know, they, they were guys who couldn't reach 18 during practice rounds, and uh, they were hit three with the 17. Um, so they're going to, you know, look at the weather forecast and try to adjust. Of course, we all know that that can be difficult sometimes. Sometimes they make the wrong decisions and the weather changes. So I, I think we're in for one of those weeks where there's going to just be a lot of indecision and a lot of, a lot of players that are confused. I think this is a course that's truly going to give us a, a feeling of a, of a British Open, Bob. You know, we're, we're used to seeing Lynx courses over there nestled up against the sea. And, you know, the weather really playing a factor. Um, we've got a lot of players uh, and storylines. But, uh, you know, do you think that's something that's just going to benefit perhaps some of the European guys because they're just used to playing in those conditions? Yeah, I think, I think the wind part of it makes sense. The, 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 the links part, though, even though it looks like it, it has those characteristics being by the sea, the course doesn't really run like a links. Like, you can't land them short and bounce them on. You know, like, it's not that kind of firm. Right. So you, you kind of have, like, the, the – that's the beauty of links golf, right? Like, you can play it low and let it run, run out of the green. Well, here, you still got to fly it out of the green. Well, that's hard to do when it's into the wind. You know, like, the idea of hitting it low and all that stuff, which is what you do in, in links golf, you know, there's certain situations where that isn't going to help you here. Um, you know, I've, I've seen several times already where guys have, you know, tried to punch a shot. And, and while it's not soft, soft, it's not as firm as you would see over there. So it's kind of like a hybrid or it's like a, a little of both. And uh, which, again, I think makes it all the more interesting. You know, you're, you, you've got to be really dialed in and, and – and be be committed to what you're doing because uh, 
you know, you, there's there's a lot of different ways to play shots. Well, you know, it's hard to believe, given what you just said, Roy McIlroy won the previous PGA Championship, played there in 2012, running away with an eight-shot victory, the widest margin in the event's history. You know, given how tough that course can play, of course, it was in August uh, back then, but, um, you know, that, that was quite a remarkable feat. Yeah, I, I think the time frame impacted that. Um, it was in August. They had a lot of rain on the Saturday. Uh, the course was much softer. Um, even though they had wind, um, you know, they had storms, and that that that, that softened the place. And, and that usually, and look, not to take away from Rory, you win by eight. That's amazing. But what it does is it, it allows there to be less precision, I think. You're not having to hit it as solidly because the ball's not going to run through as much. You can hold greens easier. You're going to hold fairways. Um, also, you know, I, I think for a pro, compact sand that's wet, especially from fairway length, it, it is easier. Like sure. if it's that sandy sand to hit those shots from 150 or 180 yards, that's not easy for anybody. <laughs> so, uh, uh, that said, that's that's one of the beauties of the move to May. I think they have run into less storms this time of year, and the course is, uh, you know, has a chance to be firm. And with the wind blowing every day, I think it'll just only get harder and harder as we go. Well, with Rory coming off his win at the Wells Fargo Championship two weeks ago, obviously the buzz is... Uh, very high about Rory uh, in terms of uh, winning the championship. Uh, you know, what's your, your feeling having listened to him in the press conference? He seems uh, he seems in a very good place. It's amazing uh, what a difference a few months can make from where he was at the Masters. I think that's the big part of it. It's, it's just that, you know, it's, it's a relief. He doesn't have to answer that question. He's got to win. And um, it's got to bring some confidence. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was what he needed more than anything. Now, I still think there are issues in his game. Um, this morning, uh, on Thursday morning at the PGA, he, he opened with, you know, a wide right tee shot that was, you know, very, very wide. And, you know, Rory's game is driving the ball. That is his forte. And at Quail Hollow, he only hit three fairways on Sunday and only 18 for the week. That's I, not that's not how that's not how Rory wins. Yeah, I Rory saw that. Wins. I saw that stat. It was quite uh, an eye opener. Exactly, and you know, Rory Rory has made his living by driving it beautifully. You know, when he's on, he hits it great. He hits a lot of fairways. He hits it long, and he has an above average putting week. At Quail Hollow, he was third in the field in strokes game putting, which is not normal for him. That's an aberration. Like, you can't expect him to keep that up. He's he's, he's kind of a middle-of-the-road putter. In fact, his putting stats are outside of the top 100. So, you know, he, he overcame uh, his deficiencies off the tee with a great, great putting week. He still hit a lot of greens. But, but I don't think you're hitting a lot of greens here if you're missing a lot of fairways. You know, you're still going to have trouble getting it on and um, 
So uh, anyway, I just um, you know if he can if he can find the fairway a little bit more often um, and coupled with that confidence, then uh, good for him. And you know I think maybe we'll see him there. Well, the other big storyline, of course, is Jordan Spieth, who uh, you know may become just the sixth player in history to complete the career Grand Slam. Looks like, you know, Jordan's game is coming around. This could be the perfect timing. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It's his best, the best he's felt going into a PGA since 17 when he was going into it right off the open win. Um of course, after that open win, he didn't win again until this year. So, you know, and now two years ago at Beth Page, he, he was like third, but he was a distant third. He wasn't really that close on Sunday. And that ended up being his highest finish for over a year. So, um, you know, uh, you're right, though. I mean, now is you know, probably the best he's felt. And if he can get through the first round playing playing in the wind, I, I, he's, he's got an afternoon tee time. Um, you know, it, it, obviously that becomes a huge storyline if he's in the mix. Justin Thomas, the 2017 PGA Championship winner, uh, of course, coming off his victory at the Players in March, seems to like Pete Dye designs. Uh, the death by Pete Dye designs, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, what do you think about JT's chances? I like him a lot if he can make some putts. He's, he's kind of struggled on the greens here lately. Uh, but JT is one of the premier ball strikers. You know, he hits it solid. Um, it, you know, we throw that term around, but... Like, isn't every throw a good ball striker? You know, but, but, I mean, I think there's levels of it, and sometimes guys don't hit it as flush, and that really shows up when it's windy. Uh, and so for, uh, for, for, for Rory, uh, excuse me, for, for JT, um, I think that suits him. I think it's a good, a good thing. You know, if he, look, that, 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 that round he played the final round of the players was a clinic. You know, he hit all 17 greens until 18 when he when he missed when he missed by a yard. <laughs> right. You know, I mean that is that's hitting your ball, and uh, so uh, I think uh, I I I, I kind of like like him if if he can get a few putts to drop because because obviously you're going to need to make some birdies too, and, and he's just not been making enough of them uh, for as well if he hits it. I mean, this this field goes so deep in so many ways in terms of the possibilities. At least we forget that uh, the still reigning world number one ranked player, Dustin Johnson, uh, playing in his native South Carolina, he'd probably like to win this major in his home state, Bob. No question. He's been on a bit of a downturn here of late. He, he's played, I believe, it's eight straight tournaments now without a top ten, which is his longest stretch in, except for one other time in like the last ten years. It's kind of weird. I mean, as solid as he was through the fall and into the early part of this year, he's sort of fallen off a little bit. And uh, But I don't get the sense he's far off. So, 
he he pulled out of um, last week's Byron Nelson because of what he said was discomfort in his knee. Um, you know, any anything you've heard about that, or do you think he just needed some rest? My sense is that that was totally precautionary. Like it wasn't anything horrible. It was more, hey, let's not push this. Like, if he had to, he probably could have played. In other words, if it would have been this week, he would have played. So, uh, I think um, I think that is the, isn't that big of a deal. I mean, you don't want to dismiss any kind of injury. You know, he had had a deep problem last year uh, that, he, that he got, you know, sorted. And uh, if you have a little discomfort, maybe it's better to, to not overdo it. But... I don't get the sense that's going to impede him this week. Speaking of discomfort, Brooks, don't mess with me, Kepka, the two-time PGA Championship winner, uh, at least we forget, with uh, our COVID brains. Uh, he made his first start at the Byron Nelson, uh, where he again missed the cut. We know, you know, he had the surgery on his knee. He claims it's better, um, but... Uh, Boy, you know, there have been a lot of images of him walking down the steps at Kiowa, uh, approaching the, you know, I think it was the driving range, and he seemed to be walking very gingerly. Yeah, I um, I don't have a lot of hope for him this week. Um, you know, most of us would still be on the couch two months after having an even procedure done, and uh, which is, this was March 16th. It's two months later. He's played two tournaments, missed by both. I think there's there's an argument to be made that he should have skipped the Masters uh, because after the Masters, he then shut it down again for another two, two and a half weeks. Didn't hit any balls, just was rehabbing. You know, so then he's trying to gear up for the Byron Nelson, which he missed the fight. And he, it's almost like, you know, he's kind of back to where he was from a golf standpoint. You know, he just has his... Uh, yeah, he had to play a lot of golf. I mean, like, since he finished second at the concession, he's played four rounds of golf on the, on the tour. So, you know, that's kind of hard to hard to be competitive, especially when you're battling through an injury. Listen, I give him a lot of credit for trying. And he still hits a lot of great shots. But, uh, you know, I think the walk and, and, and just not being right takes its toll. Sure does. Um, and... Um you know, he he mentioned uh, something to the effect of, you know, you're constantly playing hurt out there, but, uh, you know, I think you got to protect the uh, longevity of your career as well. Um, you know, perhaps uh, take a look at what Tigers endured, um, but, uh, you know, to be continued, right? A lot of buzz around John Rahm, Bob. A lot of guys I've been talking to are uh, going with him as the potential pick for winning on Sunday. Yeah, you know, he's been one of the most consistent guys out here all year. He finally missed the cut uh, at Quail Hollow. Um, the only thing is he hasn't won this year, but he's been up there a lot. And there's another guy who hits solid. You know, and should be really strong in the wind, you would think. Um, you know, depending on what that wind does, some of these holes are going to be brutal. You're going to have to really, really bear down and, 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 and 
sort of change your expectations as to how you might be able to play it. So uh, the hope is, you know, for a guy like him that uh, he can take advantage of that, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does. So Hideki Matsuyama, the newly crowned Masters champion, returned home to Japan, spent two weeks in quarantine there. Uh, he's had quite a, quite a month since uh, putting on the green jacket. Uh, have you uh, gotten any news on Hideki, and uh, where do you think his game's at? Actually, was out there to speak to him at length the other day because I was very curious about the whole situation that he went through, and he had to spend that two weeks in a hotel, and he wasn't allowed to have his family visit him for the first week. So he was sort of just by his lonesome after winning the Masters for a week. How bizarre! Kind of, yeah, kind of, uh, kind of a tough one, you know, kind of sad. I, I hope I hope they sent a lot of sake to the hotel room. Yeah, you know I don't think he could really work out much. You know he he joked about he had plenty of room to swing a club in there, but he didn't. Um, and he uh, you know he basically didn't pick up a club for two weeks. So um, and then you know I think he had a little bit of time at home for a week, and then he came back to Florida before he went to Nelson. I'm not sure his game is quite. Know, maybe where he'd want, but, but then again, the guy works at it so much that he, he might not have to spend that, you know, he, he might have put in the extra time to put it where it needs to be, so it'd be nice to see him follow up on, uh, on, the, uh, on, on the great success there and have another good week here. Last but not least, the defending champion, Colin Morikawa. He certainly uh, was able to uh, navigate the strong winds on the California coast last year in San Francisco. Uh, but as uh, it's noted on ESPN.com, he's tied for 125th in driving distance. Bob, and he also said his, his putting isn't very hot. What's happened to Colin? Well, I don't think he's ever going to be a top, you know, guy off the tee in terms of length. His iron play, his strength, his putting, he's sort of like Rory in that regard. He's just an average putter, you know, and he's got to find ways to get it in the hole and try to improve that. Uh, uh, you know, it's just it's funny how, how you could be so good at other parts of the game and just so average at a part of the game that we probably all think is the easiest putting. You know, but that's how it is with some guys. So, you know, again, when he has this, when he has just an average to above average putting week, he's probably going to be in the mix because he usually hits it so well, and he just has to hit it from farther back in most cases. But you know, it's all relative today. You know, he still gets it out there plenty far. It's just that we have so many guys hitting at 330 now that you know a 300 yard drive is deemed short. Which is crazy, you know. If you hit a 300, you still in the you have still have the ability to have short scoring clubs here. You know, uh, speaking of that, Bryson DeChambeau finished tied for fourth at uh, the PGA last year. Um, what what do you think Bryson's chances are here? Does he, you know, hit it just 
too high that's going to make it difficult in these winds, although, you know, again, uh, Harding Park was, was not an easy uh, track. Something he was saying pre-tournament, like, was a little bit bothersome. Like, just the technical nature of his game and trying to gauge the wind. I mean, I just don't know that you can do that. You know, you have to have feel and you have to have a sense of what what it's going to do to the ball. You cannot be trying to zero in down to the inch, down to the yard, how far every shot is. And, like, that's what he does. And I'm not sure that works this week. You know, I mean, the wind is up, it's down, it's different when you're hitting. You know, you if you're trying to get into that number, that's not going to be that easy. And that's sort of how his brain operates. I mean, certainly he's got the ability, the way he hits the ball, to play in the wind. But uh, hopefully the over-technical nature of his, of his approach doesn't hurt him. Well, there are so many guys that have a shot to win. Uh, you, you know, great, great uh, story or rundown, if you will, on ESPN.com. I think uh, you featured over 20 guys and then another 20 deep on, uh, you know, who potentially uh, could be sleepers, although I don't see a lot of these guys really as sleepers. I mean, uh, a lot Adam Scott or Gary Woodland. Uh, Jason Day, Bubba Watson, Lee Westwood, my goodness, it goes on and on. Uh, I think it's so exciting to have the PGA Championship now in May, Bob. You know, it was always kind of the the tail end of the majors, and I, I feel, you know, really was to some extent uh, kind of, uh, you know, low on the totem pole as we got towards the end of the season, and, and now I think this is just so exciting. Anybody uh, on your radar that uh, we should be looking at that we haven't discussed? Well, you hit on something there. Um, it's you know it's the deepest field of the majors, and so I think there's so many more uh, possibilities. You know, guys that you wouldn't be thinking of, guys who might not have qualified for the other majors. You know, because. Uh, they don't always all, – all the majors don't get the top 100 in the world. You know, the Masters doesn't even have 100 players in the field. Uh, the, you know, the, the Open the open have qualified. So, uh, you know, you've got guys who get in who, who aren't in the top 100 in the world. This one is 99 in the top 100. And, you know, probably I'm guessing about 120 of the top 150. So there's far more choices and chances. You know, I, the guy I picked was um, – Sander. Now, I, he's, he's a little under the radar. He hasn't won in a long time. He hasn't won anywhere. But he's really solid in majors. He's got seven top tens in a short career. He's third at the Masters. You know, he's right there. He's a solid guy in the win, too. He's a good ball striker. So, I, I, went, I went with the guy who hasn't been winning as much as I think he should. Yeah, and if <clears throat> we remember about Xander, um, you know, he came so close at the Masters in April, finishing in a tie for third uh, after a Sunday tee shot on the 16th went into the water. And, you know, he, he started out a little out of sorts. Then he brought it back. Um, that was his eighth top ten in 15 starts in the majors. So uh, I'd say yeah, – Yeah, eight. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. So, uh, that's a pretty solid pick. 
I mean, half half of his major stars has been in the top ten, and and, and you know um, that suggests he plays hard golf course as well. Uh, and I don't think anybody's going to argue that this one's hard. So uh, we'll see. You know, the other side of it, he's been it's been like two years since he's won anywhere, which is really surprising. I, it's hard to believe, you know, that he hasn't won lately as good as he is. So, you know, he's kind of got that weighing on him a little bit. But, uh, you know, I just really like his game and, and uh, maybe one of these weeks will be his. Well, we'll, we'll leave it there, uh, aside from, of course, my always having to mention my favorite guy without a major, Tony Finau. He's cooled off a little bit, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always rooting for Tony to, uh, to get that win, Bob. Yeah, it would sure be nice. Like him, like him to win anywhere at this point. Yeah, one of, one of the nicest guys on tour, isn't he? No doubt, no doubt, yep. All right, well, we appreciate your time, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com, and uh, what an exciting PGA Championship we have ahead from Kiowa Island. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks a lot. Be well.